Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So friends, on the night of the Last Supper, Jesus gathers with his chosen friends to celebrate the Passover with them. The Passover comes from the Old Testament, going all the way back to when God was delivering the Jewish people out of slavery in Egypt, from slavery into freedom. Who here has seen the movie Prince of Egypt? Good. Okay, so Prince of Egypt is what I'm talking about. Okay, so God is delivering the people with Moses out of slavery in Egypt into freedom in the promised land. Part of this whole drama is these plagues that God brings upon the Egyptians, these ten plagues. The tenth plague is this angel will come and will destroy all the firstborn. But he gives Moses this instruction. He says, tell all of the Jews, tell all of the Jews that you're to take a lamb, a male lamb. You're to take its blood and put it on the doorposts of your house. And when the angel comes to see the blood, it will see the blood, it will pass over your house, sparing everyone inside. That's where the name Passover comes from. And they had to eat the lamb. This was the definitive meal. This was the most powerful thing for the Jewish people in the Old Testament. This is what formed their identity. This was who they were. We are the people that God saves from slavery and brings into freedom. So this is Jesus now celebrating the Passover with his friends. And he doesn't have on the table lamb. There's no lamb on the table. Now if you're a Jew, if you grew up in ancient Israel, if you grew up in the days of Jesus, celebrating the Passover year after year, knowing that you had to eat the, eat the lamb and drink the, the, the wine, if you knew how this goes, if all of a sudden there was no lamb on the table, do you think you would notice Say yes. Yes. Do you think if if we were celebrating Mass, do you think if I just decided to skip over the entire Eucharistic prayer, forget everything at the altar, go from the the Gospel to the very end, and I just said, okay, now everyone get out of here. Do you think you'd notice? Yes. Yes. You'd think like, well, you just, there's something, there's something missing here. What Jesus does at the Last Supper is he takes bread and he says, this is my body. He takes wine, he says, this is my blood. Now let's remember who we are talking about, right? This man that we're talking about, Jesus, this is no ordinary man. This man man is God in the flesh. So his words are different than your words and my words, right? I cannot say, let there be an elephant. Do you see it? No, me neither. My words can't create reality all that you're not you're our words all that our words can do is describe reality really God's words create reality God's words affect reality right so go back to Genesis when God says let there be light what happens there is right when God says let the waters come forth what happens the waters come forth When God says to the Red Sea, be split in two, what happens? It's split in two. So when you look at Jesus, when he's in his ministry, he does things that his words carry power. He says to 
to Lazarus, the dead man inside the tomb. He says, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man comes out. He says to Jairus' daughter who has died, he says, little girl, I say unto you, arise. And she gets up. His words affect reality. So on the night of the Last Supper, Jesus takes bread and he says, this is my body. This is my blood. His words are affecting reality. His words can make that be. His words make that be. So this weekend, this weekend, our parish is going to be celebrating our 40 hours devotion. It goes back centuries, Catholics doing this. Where we take the consecrated host, Jesus, in the Eucharist, we place it in the monstrance. Mitchell, can you grab the monstrance for me? Bring it down here. Thanks, buddy. Okay, we've all seen the monstrance before. Can I hear some oohs? Can I hear some ahs? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay, I want to talk about this for a second. So this is very pretty right now, right? It's very beautiful. Would you agree? Yes. The monstrance has a very specific job, though. Its job is not to just simply look pretty. Its job is to hold, right here in the center, the consecrated host. Its job is to hold in the center Jesus, the Eucharist, right? All of this beauty around it is meant to direct your eyes to the center, to direct your attention to the very thing in the center. And that thing in the center, it's very plain looking, very simple looking. Would we agree? Like that little circle of bread? Like it's, it's very easy to overlook. So in some ways it's like you, you almost need this extra gold around it to point you to the reality that's in the center. Like all of this helps you realize what's going on here, right? So the monstrance, the word monstrance comes from the Latin word monstrare. Let me hear you say monstrare. It means essentially to demonstrate, to show forth, to show forth. So the monstrance's job is to show forth Jesus. It's to show off Jesus. When we look at Jesus in the monstrance, he's showing us God. We said in that psalm that we just prayed, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Like all weekend, this weekend, for 40 hours, Jesus is going to be on the altar. I mean, in fact, every single day, throughout like seven days a week, 24 hours a day, Jesus hides in the, in the Eucharist, in the chapel. And people come in at every single hour of the day. When you and I are fast asleep at 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, there are people in there praying in front of Jesus. Did you know that? There are people in there at 2 o'clock in the morning praying. Now here's what I want to point out. Hey Mitchell, come take this back. Good job, buddy. Thank you. What are they doing in there? They're listening to God speak to them. When we come to adoration, we have the opportunity to be with God, to be with Jesus who speaks to us. We just said in that psalm, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. 
What we're hearing in the scriptures is God is speaking all the time. And sometimes we have a hard time hearing it. Here's what I want us to focus on. Here's what I want us to focus on. If we just simply look at Jesus in the monstrance, what he's telling us with his body language is a few things. One, like, I'm patient. Like, you look at Jesus in the monstrance, he's saying, I'm patient. I'm right here. I'm not forcing myself on you. I'm ready to just wait for you to open your heart to me. Number two, he's saying, I'm not going to hurt you. Look at that little teeny piece of bread. He's saying, like, you can trust my love. It's not going to hurt you. My love is only going to bless you. The other thing he's saying is this. Look how far, look how much I'm willing to do to be close to you. Look how much I'm willing to do to be close to you. So friends, when you have the opportunity to be in adoration, whether it's today or whenever you have an opportunity to be in adoration, maybe this weekend you can ask your parents, can we just go up to the church, spend a few minutes in front of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament? Like realize this, that he is speaking to you. He's speaking to you. He's saying, I just want to love you. And he loves to look at you. So friends, I want us to close our eyes for a few seconds. I want us to pray. In thanksgiving, Lord, thank you so much, Lord, for the unbelievable gift of the Eucharist. That you give yourself to us in humble bread. You hide yourself in bread. Because you want to be so close to us. You want to convince our hearts that you're not a threat, that you are good, and that you want to feed our hearts and feed and nourish our bodies. We love you, Lord, and we adore you. Amen.